0: Shelves coming at you from the PNCA Sound Studio number something. I think it's actually the only one. Oh, the only one at oh and PNCA stands for Pacific Northwest College of the Art in Portland, Oregon. We're being very fancy with our podcast with an official sound studio today. And we are discussing why a diversity and this is part one. Yes, because there are many, many topics. Within this topic.
1: And the reason we're doing this as a podcast as opposed to, like, a very verbose blog post <laughs> is because it's much more appropriate for a discussion as opposed to just a brain dump yes. in words. As much as we love the written word, sometimes you And there's a, a possibility
0: nuance. that I could get a little ranty, which I you do not shocked. want people <laughs> to have to read an ongoing long And
1: and I I really think it would be so far out of character for you to get really ranty. You think it is? Are you being sarcastic? Okay, good.
0: (laughs) I was just like, you can't be serious.
1: (laughs) Did I tell you my mother said that you and I have the same laugh and she finds it slightly creepy? Really? That we apparently have I an uncanny ability that. to laugh at the same time in the same way. Oh. Like, it's been planned. I've heard that mine is rather distinctive, actually. And so I've heard the same about me. And actually, I had someone find me in a crowded restaurant once by just following the laugh. I've had
0: people do that to me in like crowded places, <laughs> Like, in the mall, somebody, like, found me, and that was really creepy. So, I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: So, back to the topic at hand. So, what we wanted to talk about, we're really talking about two different books. Yes. And the way they each represent the immigrant experience.
0: Yes. And... Are we going to decide, how are we referring to generations here?
1: How are we referring to generations here?
0: Yes. Like, as far as the demographic issue I was having a few <gasps> oh, weeks ago.
1: Oh, do you want to explain this kind of little...
0: Okay, phenomenon? so... It's really interesting. I am a minority, since you guys can't see me and you don't know that. Uh, My parents are from Korea. Originally, they came in the 1970s. And I grew up with the impression that I was considered first generation because my brothers and my one brother and my sister and I were of the first generation to be born in the United States. But I've been doing some reading, and officially, according to, like, the U.S. Census Bureau and official places like that, we are considered second generation because we are the second generation to live here. Also because my parents are naturalized citizens of the United States. So that makes us the second generation of United States citizens. It's very confusing. Yes, but... I've referred to myself as first generation many times, and most people have always taken that to understand that I am the first generation to be born here. So, I don't really so know how I should do you want be doing to this. use
1: the language that you are used to using, rather than as what the Census Bureau feels we should be using, or should yep, we be official? Yeah, I think that, yeah. Okay. Who cares? Screw
0: official. So, which book do you want to talk about first?
1: Well... Let's talk about Sarah Oakler's The Book of Broken Hearts. Yes. Which isn't out yet. It's out in May, and it's quite so a wonderful good. book. So good. Um, makes me swoon. <laughs> um, but the book, of bro- the book of Broken Hearts is yes. about, um, and I just spaced on the main character's name. Can I? Jude. Yes, who is, uh, her parents immigrated to the United States, to Colorado, from Argentina. Yes. And um, she's recently graduated from high school, and it's about her summer and... Her summer before her.
0: college, and she's got some really difficult, serious challenges to deal with. But, of course, there is a really nice romance. Yes, a very cute boy. Yes, but a cute boy that she's not supposed to want to be with.
1: Right, who is so. actually... his family is from Puerto Rico. Yes. So, there's... Um, Some interesting diversity in that book. Yes. And I really
0: like the fact that Sarah Oakler, she wrote a blog post a while ago. I can't remember exactly when it was, but she talked about feeling like there was not enough YA diversity and that she really wanted to put effort into doing it and doing it in a positive way that wasn't just putting a token minority figure in her book of stereotypes and she really wanted to make sure that she did research and things like that and over the past year on her Twitter account I've often noticed that she would be asking people about how to say certain things in Spanish correctly and how to use certain slang in Spanish and I didn't really know what it was about but now reading, having read The Book of Broken Hearts which is coming out in May it makes a lot of sense because she was really trying to make sure that she got these phrases in her book correct for her characters both for the family from Argentina and the family from Puerto Rico uh, because I'm assuming that they use different dialects of Spanish in those Yeah, countries. and there
1: was actually a notable in the scenes between with her family and scenes with the love interest family, There was the, there was there were subtle differences with yes. the way not just the use of Spanish but even The interactions in the families were different.
0: I thought that was true. And I think it's really interesting, too, because I got the impression she didn't really do this diversity thing based on a racial thing.
1: No, it was very much focused on culture culture and cultural experiences. Yes. And I thought that was really interesting how she did that. And I actually pulled up her blog post, and from it was back. It was last April, and we'll link to it um, in the post for this podcast. But she had she basically talked about the fears as a writer in that she needs to overcome in um, ensuring that there is diversity in in her fiction. And the first person said, or the first fear is, as a Caucasian, I'm not qualified to write about or from the perspective of people of color, and. She talks extensively about, um, you know, research and um, point of view and that part of being a writer is to tell a story and do research and, you know, but you could also get to, you know, learn about authenticity and other experiences and that's sort of part of the job of being a writer is not just write about your own experience. And
0: yeah, and I thought she did a really great
1: job in this book. Um, on that particular thing. And I think also the thing that she did such a great job is is the the family being Argentinian is not... I mean, I, and I don't like to pick on Simone Elkley's, and I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right, but she has a series of books that feature Hispanic characters. And they're not bad books, and they're very popular, but it's very much the... Um, the immigrant experience she chronicles in those books are very sort of this almost a stereotype of what you expect to see mm-hmm. in especially in YA um fiction is Is
0: it featured prominently as like an issue? It's is not an issue. Kind of, they're or, they're okay. very much
1: like YA like overly dramatic YA romances. Okay. And there's something like honestly, guys, like if you read those books, you will accidentally read all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> because there's, you can't like, you can't stop reading, like they're, But they're also kind of terrible. And the <laughs> Spanish is like, I'm not, I don't have a lot of knowledge of Spanish, but I grew up in a community with a lot of Spanish speakers, so I know, I know the slang and the naughty words. And so, like, some of it is not correct. But and I don't know why there's not the attention to quality control. In that um, regard, but it's very much um, what you expect is like, you know, the kids are involved in gangs, there's, -hmm. you know, and not that those things aren't real, but they're also not issue books, so there's an awkwardness in, there's nothing that surprised me about the way she just depicts the Hispanic families, Um, and I think that's kind of doing a disservice I think there's a
0: wide range of diversity in the immigrant experience. Um, because I mean they're just how many countries are there in this world that people come from you know how many cultures and then they all like show up in the US and there's just no way to stereotype all of them and I think that there is a tendency to do that
1: I think definitely In fiction in in general But especially in in YA fiction Especially in YA fiction When immigrant families are depicted Dollars to tenants are depicted In a very specific way Yeah Whether it's an issue book Or like a fluffy romance There is People don't There isn't a lot of sort of pushing To examine The multitude of experiences People can have When they come To this country From another place Or their first generation Or second generation Depending on the definition (laughs) You're using Um, And it's kind of, honestly, it's kind of boring.
0: It is, and it's a bit disheartening um, for me as a minority not seeing them well represented. It is actually quite upsetting when I see a lot of stereotypes in that way. And I'm just like, there has to be more than this. I I just don't understand how there can't be more, and how I don't know if it's writers who aren't writing more or publishers who aren't publishing more.
1: I I you know? I think it's probably a sort of a you know chicken or egg scenario. because yeah. I'm guessing you know one of the second thing in in Sarah's post, not me, Sarah Oakler, was um, that the, there's a fear among. Writers that if they write about people of color, the story must like teach a lesson or take a stand on right. an issue, and I thought that was really uh, telling too. That there's probably likely an expectation in the publishing industry that when you talk about these things, they have to be issues and not just. Right. Issues. I don't know. If and I don't think that's
0: necessary amount. either. Um, I think it's really important to weave these characters into stories in a way that people can recognize themselves in them, you know. I just, I don't see how it is that every Latino person in this country wants to read a book about how they're in gangs and in poverty and need to be brought out of their poverty, you know what I mean? It's well, not that way. And that
1: was why I really liked, um, even though I had some issues with the story, um, Liz is Hooked, which the main, there it's a dual narration, but really the main character is This girl named Fred, who's Native American. She grew up on a reservation, Mm -hmm. and she loves to play golf. Like She lives for golf. And, like, clearly, growing up on the reservation is a big part of that story. Right. But it's also about this girl who just, she loves to play golf, and she wants to play golf in college. And, like, this is her, you know, golf is her way to get lots of other opportunities. But it's not a book about being a poor kid Right. on a reservation it's actually about like hopes and dreams and all those things that anyone can relate it relate yeah to. And i think did that, a really good job of avoiding going down the road of this being um it was very rich in terms of culture but it wasn't just you know like almost fetishized it's fetishizing, not, i feel fetishized like a lot of the issue but are just
0: like in your faith all the time this person is of this background and has these issues, and they just, const- it just, and it's not like that. I didn't think about the fact that I was Korean American every second of every day and how that made me relate to other people and how they, it made other people view me. And that's something I think about sometimes, but it's not my whole life, you know? So I just don't think that
1: and it's a it fair way to write about people. feel exploitative. Yes. <laughs> and it, and in, in almost, I don't know, sort of feeding certain perceptions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when it's done really, really well, that's not the case. Yeah. But a lot of times it's sort of, I don't know, feels like they're just sort of sliding in certain assumptions, Yeah, and not digging deeper. Yeah. So but, I like think... the Simone Elpley's books. <laughs> Which, honestly, like, don't read them because you will accidentally read all of them and there's just something... <laughs> and then you're like, why and, did I like, the do that? the last one is just so horrible. Like, the mu- like it, it, the mother <laughs> is, like, this just terrible stereotype. It's just... It's just bad. Like, it, and it's like you can't stop reading. And, like, there's, like, a big shootout and you're like, what the hell is this crap? But you keep turning the pages. Oh... Yeah, it's not even awesome WTF-ery. It's just straight up <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. So I was really
0: pleased with how Sarah Opler dealt with the immigrant experience. In her book, I felt like even though they were from a different country, I could really relate to how there were certain cultural things just woven, in, uh, woven Sorry, into their everyday life uh, just with the way the parents would address the kids and I thought things the sibling like that, dynamics of yes. that was
1: incredibly well
0: done, really well done, and especially and she, I re- could re- you could really see a difference, and I think this is really true in my family too, with the cultural influence as it goes from the oldest to the youngest child, because the youngest had like and i'm the youngest in my family so i feel like i in a way was the least influenced because my parents had been in the country so much longer and my parents always spoke english to me growing up like i don't know korean like hardly at all just like certain little words they're like when my dad would tell me to turn the tv off <laughs> he told me to do it
1: in <laughs> korean so oh,
0: i understand that <laughs> things like that or like dinner time and things like that so i understand those basic (laughs) phrases but and i think that sarah oakler did a really good job in her book because a lot of those kind of things were woven into her story where it was just natural for her parents to refer to her by like a little pet name in spanish and things like that or say certain things in spanish to them that they just automatically understood even though they did normally communicate in english as a family so
1: um and actually Sarah said something really um astute in her blog post that where she asked the question just who's who is responsible for writing diverse characters in YA and she said that um I hesitate to even use the word responsibility because it's not actually that we're writers our only responsibility as far as I'm concerned is being honest and authentic in our work but to be honest and authentic, we also have to address this. We live in a diverse world. Pretend otherwise is more fantastical than believing that sex with vampires is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and she did have a disclaimer after that. Not that I'm judging. I am judging if you think having sex with vampires is a good idea. FYI. I'm just throwing that out there Yeah, as someone who recently watched I think watched that might be a subject a for a different Twilight contact. movie I yeah. guess it seems like bad things can happen <laughs> But the Twilight issue is probably for another time Yeah, You yeah. might have to have your husband on as a guest
0: I don't think he would be willing to participate and publicly like put his name against that So
1: It's his closet Twilight <laughs> fandom but you also recently read, and I actually haven't read this book yet, um, Eleanor and Park. Which yes, is, I did. Um, which has been really, really loved by a lot of folks. And we both really loved Attachments, which yes. is Rainbow Rowell. I Rouse, really,
0: really enjoyed novel. it. I really loved Attachments. I, I loved thought Attachments, it was too. I thought it so
1: was so charming. And smart and yes. clever and had a really unique voice. So... You know, definitely Attachments is highly recommended. Yes. And so we were both pretty excited about Eleanor and Park. Yes. And um, (laughs) we were pretty excited to get our hands on an early copy of it. And I think it's out now or out next week.
0: It's close. I feel like it's coming out in March. It's really, the release date is really close.
1: And it's been very loved by Almost Universally. And you, Laura, read it. And had. I think it's the first time I've seen you give a book one star on Goodreads. Yeah, and I feel really bad about it. <laughs> no, I feel bad about but it. I really, and especially,
0: I really loved Attachments, and so I, I this would not in any way stop me from reading another one of her novels because I know that she can write in a way that I really enjoy. Uh, but this book really did not do it for me. And part of it is related to how she dealt with the immigrant experience in her book, which uh, I had a lot of problems with it because she she did it purely from a racial standpoint.
1: And do you want to tell us like just a little bit about... Sort of the framework for this book. Oh, because okay. It's, it's technically historical because it takes right, place in the 80s. it takes
0: place in the '80s. I think it's 1986. I want to say. That's, I believe it is 1986. And Park is the male character. He is half Korean. His mother is from Korea, and his dad served in the military in Korea. Not during the Korean War. This takes it. He would have just been serving on an army base there which the U.S. had the really big one over there Um, and so according to this book his dad and his mom met in Korea and fell in love and he they moved to the U.S. and have their family in the U.S. and Eleanor is the love interest of Park and so the story is told from third person perspective, and it alternates from Park and Eleanor back and forth throughout the book sometimes within chapters that are really short, like it'll just have a line from Park and then a line from Eleanor, so saying it counts, how they view it
1: jumps back and forth but but in this third person yes point of view okay that's confusing yes i that's actually one of my big. Like the head, the obsessive head hopping makes me—I
0: think me crazy. It as makes a sense for this book but, yeah.
1: because there are
0: a lot of she covers a lot of things where there are misunderstandings between the way they mm-hmm. view each other. So I, I do think she did a good job between, um, kind of showing both sides of what's going on instead mm-hmm. of having a one-sided view right. of this thing. So. I I mean, I thought it worked for this story, um, even though I didn't really end up liking the story that much. Um, And like I said, a lot of it has to do with how she dealt with the immigrant thing, which was purely from a racial perspective, which part of being in an immigrant family is about how you are between two cultures. Mm -hmm. Where you have, like, and my family's from Korea, like Park's mother is in this book, and the value system and the culture in Korea it's is very different vastly, from like, what we Americans like, are used to. I probably just attacked everybody's ears, like <laughs> saying, no, sorry. But I mean, it's really, really different. And that does not show up in this book, not
1: one bit. So that sort of cultural tension, where you're, yes, you're living in the United States, but with sort of the values, yes, overlaid and over that.
0: And basically, Rainbow is it Raul
1: or Raul. I, I say
0: Raul, but okay. I don't know. I'm sorry if I got your name wrong. She Anyways, probably quit listening, yeah, actually,
1: after
0: I, I said know. she gave her book once. But I'm really sorry <laughs> like, if I pronounced your name wrong because I tried to do that correctly. Anyways, <laughs> um, so, what was I saying? Rainbow Raul. She kind of uses this framework of saying that when Park's mother moved to the U.S., she tried to be as American as possible. <sighs> And I didn't find that to be very authentic because I feel like even if she was from this other country and she didn't like the values that she grew up with and that's why she came to the U.S., mm-hmm. I don't think it's authentic to say that they wouldn't influence her in any way. That she'd be able to
1: just... yeah put herself in a bubble and not bring yes. any of those experiences with her.
0: And there there's only really there's only a couple instances where her culture kind of comes out and it comes out in a way that makes her be derogatory and I didn't really <laughs> <laughs> like that, and, also, and so the cultural to stuff
1: is painted in a negative light when it's actually. I think at all. so. I mean, that's my perspective. Um,
0: I could be being a little sensitive about it, but I don't. I mean, I'm really trying not to be. <laughs> but I have thought about this a lot, and I really, I just found it kind of how she, anyways. Like I said, it was kind of negative, and then also with this book. Where the cultural thing wasn't really there, and there was
1: a lot about the racial part, and in a, like in a, in a very specifically almost because I looked at your highlights, yes, actually like a physical
0: way, a physical way that was very negative. Um, a lot of parks issues stem from feeling very negative about the part of him that is Asian. And I, it's hard to say the part. I don't really know how what other word to use because, I mean, he just, he's Asian. His dad is white. He's Asian. So he's not, like, split in half, per se. Right. So that's not what I mean. But it's but, sort of a
1: self-loathing of himself. Yeah, he's got a real of self-loathing
0: of himself. He doesn't see anything positive about where he is, like, where his mom is. About and that side is of himself—is that himself.
1: addressed at all in the book, or is it just sort of an is? Because it I is addressed see that, cause a I can little see that bit, being sort of an interesting sort of bit of character development. But I also don't know if you could do it as just sort of a little element. Like
0: I don't, I it of just kind of—I
1: like, feel like it was
0: mainly just kind of part of the book. And another thing that really bothered me about it was that he really associated this negative Asian side of himself with feeling like it made him feminine, and he made it sound like a really bad thing. Interesting. So, I mean, there's many instances in this book where he uh, is... Well, there's one instance in particular where he is talking to Eleanor, and he's like... Where, where he basically says that he thinks that it makes people look at him like he's a girl and not a guy and things like that which and that's not really is that that's <laughs> i don't that really rubs me the wrong way i don't really know how else to say it <laughs> that's interesting and you
1: had said to me that like... he
0: has really big issues with not seeming masculine enough especially to his dad um he's his dad never says anything really, as far as I could tell. As far as him thinking, he does have an issue with, he does have an issue at one point with Park wearing eyeliner, but that's not really related to his ethnicity. Um, but Park has a lot of issues with himself where he feels like uh, he seems feminine and he is upset that he is short and he blames his Korean jeans on that and things like that. <laughs> um so a lot of his issues just stem from basically physical appearance and that is to me a very short-sighted view
1: that's interesting i, mean, of I the up, immigrant experience yeah, because it's not just about how I mean, you, you know look. i'm like just a dorky white girl you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not <laughs> I wouldn't put it yeah. that way, but... I mean, really. And, but like I, like I mentioned, I grew up in a community with a huge number of immigrants. Yeah. And, it. I mean, when there... And there were, you know, tensions, you know, both sort of internal and sort of external tensions. Yeah. It was. I mean, honestly, it was usually more of sort of like cultural, social things yeah. than the appearance thing. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know, I mean, that's just my own personal experience as sort of like an external observer, but it's kind of interesting that that, the physical is what, and I mean, if it makes sense for that character, but it sounds like it wasn't really explored in a thorough way. Yeah.
0: I mean, it seems like it's done in a way where he thinks of that part of himself as being completely negative, which I thought was sad. And I really, I really just didn't like the way that it was so cut and dried for him to have this Korean part of himself be negative, where he viewed himself negatively, and he thought other people viewed himself negatively, and in the way that he thought it made him negative because it made him girly. Like, what is Yeah, there's
1: a lot of interesting stuff. Like, that's that's a lot of stuff to sort of unwrap, and... think about. That's a lot to, to yeah. be contained in a single book. Too. I mean, he, he often
0: thinks that he, other people think of him as a let's say a derogatory word for female parts that starts with a P that I don't want to say. Right. Because I think that That's is a not nice word. A bad word and I don't like to use it and I don't like it when other people use it which I understand how she used it in the book but I just don't want to say it on the podcast. So
1: Um... <laughs> Yeah, that is so. That is so interesting to me.
0: But I mean, and, like I said, it's purely. I mean, when we're talking about the topic as far as immigrant families goes, it's purely about race for Park, where his issues and the tensions are. And
1: yeah, and that's such an interesting decision. And you had said something to me that I thought, like you know, it's hard to say what an author's intention is, and I, in a lot of ways, I think it doesn't matter what yeah that, i mean and that's and like not, i'll that's be quick t- i do not think she's racist
0: and yeah. i do not think she intended that yeah. i want to be really and clear that's not about to, that in any
1: way like disregard <laughs> an author's intentions right but, you know i i always i always like quote the john green thing which like once i'm not going to paraphrase him because i'm bad at just quoting things up <laughs> He says like once one of his books is out in the wild he just figures that the book belongs to his readers right and, different people will read it in very very different ways and that's kind of one of the cool things about books and so Mm -hmm. what he intended doesn't actually matter all that much and I think that's probably the way a lot of people feel about who put work out into the world Mm -hmm. Um, you know but I do wonder if there was some sort of you'd wonder if there was sort of an overarching lesson or issue that she was trying to um, push about the 1980s and sort of
0: you know like racism in racism the nineteen eighties. Yeah, I was I was kind of wondering that. I mean obviously I can't be sure. Um just I mean I did read that interview like I mentioned mm-hmm. that I talked to you about where she was saying she grew up in Omaha, which is where the book takes place in Omaha, Nebraska in the nineteen eighties and she, uh, she was trying to portray the Omaha that she grew up in and she specifically did mention race as And racism in Omaha is one of the things that she wanted to portray. And honestly, racism towards Asians, as portrayed in the book, has not changed. I mean, there are things where I still encounter people regularly who are like, where are you from? And I am like, I am from Buffalo, New York, (laughs) and they're like, no, "No, I know, and they're like, no, I mean, where were you born? And I was like, I was born in Western New York, an hour away from Buffalo, New York, (laughs) and it is really surprising to them
1: that that you are actually from that I
0: am born and raised in this country. Like they don't get it.
1: That's just and then, and then they me, get, get mad at me. me. They
0: get mad at me because I should know what they mean when they are asking me this question. Well, that's just stupid. They should I should understand Damn. that they specifically that idiots. want me to tell them what my that race you're is. are from Korea even that though my, yeah. You are actually I from am Buffalo. supposed to understand this
1: so that when they ask me these questions automatically wow that's really interesting and And this
0: is normal or people are i mean i've had so many people be like gosh you know you speak english really well and i had somebody say that to me really slowly once as if like i wouldn't understand him it's like you speak Speak English very well, and like I'm not even joking. This is how these people, This is how this person talks to me. And that's me. no different than you what's know? portrayed in the
1: book. It's not. Yeah, confusing.
0: it's not really any different. Where people have these things, where they
1: automatically assume you're Chinese first um like that review of the excellent korean restaurant we went to where <laughs> someone wrote this crazy rant about how they had had such better chinese food at every chinese restaurant they had ever been to it's like while well, you were eating korean food so maybe that's why the chinese food sucked yeah um
0: but i don't know maybe omaha nebraska has changed since the 1980s but it doesn't it's not really that different in my daily life it hasn't.
1: I mean, I that experience lived in the Portland area in the 1980s, and I would say that the the sort of overall, you know, cultural and honestly, like Portland is kind of a racist town, which people don't like to admit. Yeah, the it reality really itself on being very is liberal. no different than it was when I was growing up here in the 80s. I mean, if we're we just are better at pretending that it's different.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if she was trying to make a point or not, and saying that the immigrant experience is, and she probably did not think this deeply about it. I'm probably reading into it this much, but uh, too much. But I don't know if she was trying to portray that the immigrant experience has really changed for people and Asians in particular. And
1: it's probably unintentional, but upsetting it in the 80s sort of makes it sort of a. Trying to create like a cultural or a historical snapshot, yeah. And, and I'm not sort of trying to say that, that people there's...
0: are really racist or anything. That's not what I'm trying to say. Is that I think that about everybody in this country because that's not the case. But um, there are certain viewpoints I think and certain stereotypes of Asian Americans that people have, and they have not changed drastically or really at all and, since I and I grew up in the '80s too, and it hasn't really changed for me
1: yeah that's i i do think it's interesting that she chose to set it in the 80s because i do think it gives in a sense it gives readers a past to sort of ignore those elements in a sense because it's oh well that's in the past and so it's not actually relevant to my current life Right, kind of and i I think, but those things are still those relevant things are to my life very relevant now. to many people's lives, So, <laughs> I mean, and that's right, I, yeah, I mean, I know that sounds like a stretch, but you know i I see that a lot with um any sort of historical fiction that deals with any you know any sort of racism or sexism, actually, yeah, you'll often see like the reaction is very much like. Oh it was so horrible back then. Yeah. And the it, people kind of remove themselves that that's still part of the context of today. Yeah. Even if things are differently horrible there are still those things don't just magically disappear because we've yeah. passed the civil rights act or what have you. Yeah. Like there was a video
0: by this Asian comedian. I can't remember his name right now. I posted on my Tumblr a while ago but it's called Things Asians Hate. And it goes on for like 10 minutes about the questions I that, that Asians people get on a regular basis and 99% ones- of those questions are questions
1: that I get asked regularly still. The one about are you from North or South Korea? Oh my Just god. Kind of I can't even mind.
0: with that. We are not even <laughs> going to go there.
1: Because I I, just can't get around
0: that one. Yeah. Uh, And people, I've just noticed this in my life that people, for some reason, think it is appropriate to walk up to me and ask me, what are you? (laughs) And things like that. I mean, this still happens. This is a normal thing. Which I just kind of, you know... I mean, I don't mean to rant surprise, and no, uh, rant on and on. It, it just—it is relevant me, to this podcast. It, it, I feel like it doesn't so.
1: surprise me, but it—it's just, I don't know, flabbergasting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so. just this portion of my life that I'm just kind of like at this point, I don't really know how much i can do to change it i mean i'm talking about on this podcast but like really like but i I
1: mean as a result you had a very visceral reaction to this book and the way that experience is portrayed
0: would be a waste of my energy and time to try to like deal with every person it's easier for me to just be like i am korean and (laughs) walk away you know you know I i just don't have the time and energy to expend on every person who wants to like know these details of not that they're any of their business anyways. You know what I mean?
1: I, like, I, I'd be tempted to make up like some very random place like Vanuatu. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, partly because saying Vanuatu is really fun, but also just to mess with people. Yeah.
0: That, I mean, it's almost just like easier to like uh, just give them the answer that they they want they are really looking badly. for and walk away. It's just easier. Even though, I mean, and I don't even know why they care, but apparently they do. Apparently, it's very important. <laughs> yeah. So those are my thoughts on those two divergent books and how they approach the immigrant experience yeah. in this country. I mean, I just can't
1: say enough. That's like highly about the book of broken hearts. I know. Way that, just I, in general, I, I honestly, that whole book a wonderful there. Book. Okay, we love anyways oh. no, and we know she reads our blog so
0: <laughs> i know i mean i just
1: because um, she is kind of a hardcore friday night lights fan
0: yeah and, and so
1: much of this
0: book i mean everything about this book was so good and so well done but i don't
1: i can't think of another book that's had a, i mean obviously i haven't read all the books ever Mm-hmm. but oh my god you haven't i know it's amazing um but you only I, have like a thousand
0: books on your Goodreads. You need to. I know. Get-
1: I actually went through and I actually <laughs> deleted a ton of books from my Goodreads. You, you two, I, reads I yeah, you're Yeah. I need to do them. that. It was very liberating, um, but I just can't think of another book that's sort of dealt with that in that way, where it was just it wasn't like the issue. It was almost um, it was just kind of woven the into the story and part yeah. of her, part of Jude's story. And um, because most of And they talk about it sometimes, but yeah. it's
0: not, like, something that they're talking about all the time. And it's not... I mean, it's not really put in a, There's not really any judgment placed on it. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... It just is. Her family's from Argentina. That's just the way yeah, it is Yeah, it sort of
1: informs... You know, you know, she knows some Spanish, and you know,
0: yeah, there's, like, certain cultural things and...
1: But it's not, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not like in the Simone Elkley's books. Yeah. Which. I mean, I you know, guess I feel like in
0: Eleanor and Park, there was judgment in it and it was negative. And so I guess. Well, I and found it that sounds like if upsetting. that
1: part of his character had been sort of further explored and fleshed out, it might have been a different sort of story, too. Yeah. Like if those, if like sort of the root of what was causing those feelings was more out there because it it sort of almost sounds sort of casually inserted
0: yeah i mean i guess i guess i feel like park's character did not have a lot of depth i guess yeah that's
1: what it sounds like you're saying to me Um, i I feel like a lot a
0: lot of people i mean a lot of the positive reviews have talked about how they thought that the character development was quite good and i didn't Really feel the same way. Personally, I I mean, that's just my personal view. In particular, has
1: been uh, really focused on Eleanor. Actually, Um, I
0: think Eleanor is a very interesting character. Um, And the and also the musical stuff has been,
1: you know, really resonated with people.
0: Yes, a lot of the '80s nostalgia references, which is probably a subject
1: for another um, day. (laughs) Because (laughs) I just find the '80s nostalgia that's sort of becoming a thing really tiresome.
0: Just in general I feel like the book didn't resonate with me. Like there were certain things that Eleanor was going through that I could relate to but when I was reading about how she was going through things and I'm just trying not to reveal too much of what Mm -hmm. goes on in this book to people um, but I mean she does suffer bullying and she has a bad family situation um, and there's certain things that she goes through that I could really relate to that I didn't really feel really strongly when I was reading, like Mm -hmm. it didn't like you know, because I have a lot of bad memories of having been bullied in middle school and certain things with my family situation. um, I can really relate to with her. And Rainbow Rowell did do a really good job with capturing how Eleanor would feel in the family situation. Mm -hmm. Um, That really did work really well. Um, I thought that was really authentic, like how Eleanor felt in her home and how she had to act um, in order to maintain her own safety, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, I thought that was really well done. But when she was being bullied and things like that, I mean, I felt sorry for her character, but it didn't resonate with me as much as I thought that it would considering that I had gone through a lot of the same things. There was something about the writing that didn't make me feel it. Huh. And that's just me, though, because I've heard uh, a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, some people really, have been really, really emotionally yes. affected by that
1: book. Yeah, and, and, and it, didn't, it did
0: not. Em- oh, it didn't emotionally affect me, and I'm not
1: sure why. Yeah, and that's why I think it's. So, I think actually, your perspective is so interesting because. There have been so many people that have been so impacted, and I had that experience with, you know, the book that I almost feel like I can't talk about at this point, <laughs> Uses for Boys, where so many people, <laughs> so many people were so profoundly affected by it, and I found it a struggle to even finish because I was so completely unaffected by it. Yeah. And I, there were so many situations where I felt like there needed to be more depth and, like, there needed to be, like, digging deeper yeah. to, like, really flesh out this experience and, like helped me to understand this character, and that never happened. And that's one of the things I find, I always find really, when the situation is shocking or upsetting, but then you don't see that reflected in the emotional reality of the character. Yeah,
0: there was something, there was some sort of separation that I was feeling, like some sort of distance that I felt from the characters. And I'm not sure if it was the use of the third person, or the, or the tense that she was using, or I'm not sure, but there was something that made it feel very far away and removed to me. That's
1: interesting because that's actually very similar to the way I felt about that that book mm-hmm. I was talking about. That and that was written in first person present, so you yeah. think that like there would be an emotional immediacy, and it still was. It's so interesting how language can these yeah. little choices in language can really change your I don't know, your experience in reading. So that's probably gonna be about part one of who knows how many in our discussion about diversity and YA. Yes. We have some some thoughts on um Covers and, representation cultural and cultural appropriation, and things like that, and a lot of other things related to the issue. Because I think it's really important, and I think, I mean, un- probably it, you know, completely, I didn't realize until you brought it up. It was kind of inspired by Sarah Oakler's post last year that there's just a lot of stuff to unravel, yeah, related to. And we were talking about
0: it a lot when we were driving back from the. LA in right. Seattle and we were having a conversation about how these people are still, not these people really, but like how <laughs> These people! I you know, that's not how I meant to say it but how minorities when they don't see themselves reflected in stories in an authentic way it still makes them feel like they're separate from the rest of American it's society. It's isolating. Yeah, it's isolating and it's
1: I don't know. Because even at ALA. It makes me sad. <laughs> it was, I mean, they obviously, it wasn't every book, you know, that was coming out in the spring was on display, but a huge chunk of the YA books are coming out in the spring or were on display at ALA. Yeah. And it was a, still, like, just sort of like a snapshot of the representation was still very much what
0: yeah. you would
1: expect. And that's not a positive yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and it just, it, I mean, it's nice to read about different things, but, like, I mean,. If you're a minority, most of the books aren't there about different things and sometimes you want something that you can relate to and there's not really enough of that, I well, don't think.
1: And <laughs> also for kids who aren't minorities to yes. get outside of their their sort of own reality, books can mm-hmm. really in sort of a safe way help you do that. Yes. And I that's and I think one of the big issues and sort of the subtext of kind of the publishing climate is that people only want to read about things that are just like themselves, and I think that's a bunch of crap. And that's I mean, not true
0: for me. Yeah, I don't think
1: that's true for most people. You know, I, I mean, people, and like I said, I like things that I can relate
0: to, but at the same time, I do like to branch out. You right, know, so. I think
1: that that's a very normal... I think you are a very normal reader in that respect. <laughs> like I really do. Like sometimes I like to read about experiences that are similar to my own and sometimes I like to read about things that are really different and they open my eyes to a whole different yeah. world. And you know, like sometimes I like to read about, you know, aliens in West Virginia and that's not anywhere near my own reality. <laughs> so I mean, you know that that I oh got it, isn't it? No, not at all. And but I do think there's you know a lot to be said for you know, that, that at, what, t- at what point is publishing doing a disservice to people by making the assumption that, you know, people only want to access books and stories that they can personally relate to their own individual experiences? Right. Like, that just to me seems... Or kind
0: of, that if it's going to be a different experience, that it has to be an issue. An book. issue
1: to educate everyone yes. time. Um, because um, I think that's also... That also distills people who aren't you know dorky white girls <laughs> into you know into also only understanding people who aren't just like them in the context of like their big issues and problems that they're facing yeah you know i
0: mean and there's just so many different issues just in general i mean there's like socioeconomic things like i was uh, that's raised a in my like, topic upper middle class household um growing up and so i can really relate i mean i feel like a lot of books that are written take place in that kind of mm-hmm. area yeah, of I think that's economic especially in, you know sort of
1: in sort of your contemporary y a yeah
0: um and but for me i really like reading about the other you know mm-hmm. like seeing how other people grew up with a different economic experience than mine which was very stable Frankly, I mean, I don't really know how to say it. (laughs) Like, I mean, that was not, I mean, it's not that my parents didn't work, but I mean, it wasn't really ever a problem, you know, where it's really stressful, like, oh my God, are we going to be able to keep the lights on this month? That was never something that was. And I think that
1: actually that's another subject that we'll probably want to talk about down the line is the issue of how sort of socioeconomic status is Mm -hmm. portrayed. And I think some people have really visceral reactions to to that on sort of all in all directions and that's Mm -hmm. yeah another interesting topic and it's interesting where choices are made and how readers react to that. Yeah.
0: But like I think such a rush did a really good job. Yes.
1: did an excellent job. I would say Mindy Scott's first book, Free Fall. Um, where Seth, the main character, I mean, he lives in a trailer, mm-hmm. but it's not a book about a kid living in a trailer. Yeah. It's just And part also, of would
0: live through this, where I feel like her situation was pretty privileged. Yeah, upper middle class. Um... But there were still a lot of interesting dynamics going mm-hmm. on that made her life not, you know... She that went
1: along... The, the
0: stepfather and the, you know... the There step, were trappings you know.
1: that went along with that experience as right. well. Right, so... And... Um, I think it's... I think she does an excellent Mindy job. Mindy does in particular a great job with that. She's very sensitive to that. Having without. just these
0: well-rounded characters that, you know... With
1: especially in their homes like yes. they're, even though most both of her books they don't really take place that much in their homes mm-hmm. Like the experience of being in their homes is very well but you can picture what it's like to walk into Seth's house or Coley's house and yes. like understand all the things that are happening when they go into that house Yes. and that's like it's a, it's a little it's thing but it's not a thing where you huge... necessarily are like oh my god I feel so sorry for Seth no but, you never know, it's feel not sorry like for her at characters all, at all, all. And I think that's actually kind of an empowering thing, too. Yeah.
0: We love many. I, mean, I think it's hard to, yeah. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. I think that's something that I am really impressed with how she does, because I feel like that must be a really hard thing to do. I think it's
1: going to be really Either hard to I do. do. I
0: mean, I don't think I could <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm actually pretty sure I couldn't, so. <laughs> but you know, actually, Sarah Oakler does a very good job of yes. that yes, as well. Yes, she does. Of, you know, I mean, especially in Bittersweet, that was yeah. done extremely well. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's, both of them are excellent at that. Yeah.
0: Well, I, guess we and I, I don't favorites. really think I can say enough good things about Sir Oakley. So, anyway. <laughs> You're
1: kind of a fangirl. I know, I totally am. <laughs> I'm probably, like, really creeping around if she's no, still I think
0: she likes it. She already, at least
1: she's really good at pretending she likes it. I know. <laughs> Sarah. Fun fact about Sarah is that she does fit little Friday Night Lights references into her yes. books, which makes me love her even more. I know. She always <laughs> has one. I think it's awesome. We should we should um, see if she would come on the podcast and talk about Friday Night Lights with us sometime. That would be awesome. We, Sarah, that is our open invitation. Auglar,
0: we would love to have you <laughs> talk about Friday Night Lights and things like that, or anything. Anything. Else, really. I mean, that would it'd be, be awesome. like Twitter,
1: but with Skype. Yes. <laughs> be fun all right well we are at the 55 minute mark hopefully we'll be able to edit this down to a <laughs> manageable 30 minutes or so. hopefully you will be okay able to edit by me i mean me um, we'll be able to edit this down to a reasonable You like start with our random laugh break <laughs> yes that's what i'll do i'll take out the random laugh but though i think our laughs are endearing Yes, and um, I don't know how many times people will want to listen to them. Though I think that we are going to have to publish actually like a, a like a ringtone of just our laughing because so many people are going to want it. could be our podcast jingle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't know when we're going to do this again next, but next time hopefully we'll talk more about these. Yeah, issues. And
0: I think Rebecca will be joining us. Yes, and I think we need to have Renegade,
1: Rebecca, I mean AKA Renegade, join us and school us on. Hopefully, maybe she can school us on diversity and romance. Yes, that would be because, because that, that is, that a is huge, not my
0: area. Of no, history. it is a
1: huge <laughs> subject, and it's really interesting. And there's a lot, there's a lot that can be talked about in that area. Um, pretty much the same stuff as Nya, but sort of on almost like a more Um, everything's sort of hyper real in that, or I don't know, not hyper heightened in that particular genre, and so you see some real extremes with the way that stuff is like, everyone's a billionaire or they're the exact opposite, so alright, thanks guys thank you, bye Thanks for listening to the Clear Eyes Full Shelves podcast. Be sure to check out our book reviews, recommendations, opinion, and all around nerdy badassery at cleareyesfullshelves.com or on Twitter at Full Shelves. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Until next time, Clear Eyes Full Shelves Can't Lose.